Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Matthew, the Gospel record of Matthew in chapter number 9. We are on our last message dealing with the miracles of Christ. In this uh, part, we'll have another series of 13 lessons coming up in the future, but as for now, we're just taking some bite-sized pieces. And we now find our way into the gospel record of Matthew, chapter number 9. The gospel record of Matthew and chapter number 9. Now this is an interesting chapter because in this chapter it strings together four specific miracles back to back to back. And it almost does it like putting pearls on a, on a string, just stringing them together. And it's lumping them together to try to put an emphasis on all four of these miracles as they touch each other concerning Jesus Christ. We see that the people have a great need. So if you don't mind, notice with me starting at verse number 27. Um, Matthew, the gospel record of Matthew chapter 9. And in verse 27 the word of God says this. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes and say, According to your faith, be it so. And their eyes were open. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man knoweth it. But they, when they were departed, uh, spread across his fame in all the country. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of Matthew chapter number 9? Matthew chapter number 9, and notice um, in verse number 31, spread abroad his fame. They spread abroad his fame. Here we could see that these men... <laughs> When they were healed, when they were touched with Jesus, they went around and told others what Jesus Christ has done. Now remember that each of the miracles listed in the Bible are listed there for a reason. The Bible explains in the book of John that if we were to list every miracle that Jesus did, that there wouldn't be enough books to contain all the things that he did. But instead, God had listed 35 specific individual miracles within the gospel records. 35 specific individual miracles that Jesus did. And God pulled those miracles out for a reason. Remember, these miracles were not there just to satisfy curiosity or to see a sign. But God listed these 35 miracles to teach us a lesson. To teach us something. To bring our attention to something special and unique. And that's how we've been approaching this whole series. That as we see the miracles, we're trying to see what God is teaching alongside with these miracles. Here, we have these people... That when they were performed, <laughs> God did a miracle for them that Jesus said, don't tell anybody. 
But what they did is they told everybody. Why did they tell everybody? Because their life was changed. There was something about it. They had an evidence of a changed life. But they desired other people to know that there was a miracle working God. They wanted others to know that there was something that could happen. You know, we may talk about a loving God, a kind God, a compassionate God. But in the end, one thing that we could be grateful for is that he is a miracle working God. That's what people need. They need a God who could do a miracle in their life. I mean, we're praise the Lord that there is a great God and he is a great God. Praise the Lord that this is a God that is full of compassion and we do need compassion. Praise the Lord that there's a loving God and we do need the love of God. And praise the Lord that there's a kind God. But when we talk to people, we're talking to people that are in need of a miracle. And they need to know that there's a God who can change their life. Why do people come to God in the first place? Think about this. Why do people come to God? If you don't mind, let's kind of look through this ourselves. And the first thing I'd like to show you is the cases involved. The cases involved. Notice, if you don't mind, the gospel record of Matthew chapter number 9. And as we look at this specific thing, we can see that it's dealing with two blind men. Now, this happens to be in a cluster of four other miracles. Now, we've been talking about two of the other miracles in the gospel record of John, but here it lists them together. You might remember that it starts off with Jairus. You guys remember who Jairus was? We, we had mentioned him, that he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he had a 12-year-old girl who lay a dying. And he came to meet Jesus. Jesus came back to the coast of uh, Gadarenes. And everyone is there saying hello to them. And Jairus comes up. And he says, my daughter's dying. Come with me. Come with me. And he began to pull. He began to go. <coughs> and trying to get them to come. We remember that miracle. And he began to drag Jesus through the press. In the midst of that miracle, you had the lady with an issue of blood for 12 years. And she comes. And if I could just touch the hem of the garment. And remember, in the midst of this, everyone's touching Jesus. But she touches him and some of his virtue, some of his power left him. And he stopped in the middle of it and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, well, everyone touched you. And Jesus said, nope. And when the lady realized that Jesus wasn't going anywhere, can you imagine Jairus enjoying that? He wasn't going anywhere until someone would admit that there, someone touched him. The lady finally began to tell her story. Meanwhile, Jairus is waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, the woman gets done. Jesus said, thy faith in me, thee whole. Let's go. And at that moment, a messenger came and said, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. He waited all that time. Now his daughter's dead. And Jesus said, don't worry about it. Let's go. And he kicked all the scoffers out. Just left uh, Matthew, or sorry, Peter, James, and John. And mother and father and brought him in there. Jesus said, don't worry. She's just sleeping. And they all laughed him to scorn. And he said, little maid arise. And the word that he uses carries the idea of little lamb. This precious girl. Please rise. And she arose and what was the evidence that she was completely whole? Is that she ate food. She was healthy again. 
ready to go. But now we come into this passage here. So those are two pearls on the string. Notice there's a third case here. Here's a third person uh, group here. <laughs> Notice if you don't mind in verse number 27. Then when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. So these two blind men heard about what had happened and they began to follow Jesus. So can you imagine Jesus and his disciples going on and the two guys behind him, Jesus, Jesus, and they're blind, Jesus. And the disciples are like, what now? Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? He kept walking. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And they're blind trying to follow where Jesus is at. And Jesus goes inside of a house. You know what these two blind guys do? They go into the house too. Jesus! Jesus! They had a need. Jesus turns around. Verse 28. And when he came into the house, the blind man came to him. Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said, Yea, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we came to you because we believe you can do this. Then he touched, he, then touched he their eyes. So these blind guys, he says, stand still. He comes up and he touches their eyes. And he says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man knoweth it. See that no man knoweth it. But they, when they departed, spread across his fame in the country. So they went and they told everyone what happened. But notice, there's another case here. Notice with me in verse 32. And as they went out, those blind guys, behold, they brought unto him a dumb man possessed with the devil. So the blind men go out and say, hey, Jesus can heal. Hey, look, Jesus could do this. So some guys brought in. A, de a devil-possessed man who's dumb. He can't speak. He he's unable to speak. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It has never been seen in Israel. And so they cast him out. Can you imagine this? Here's four groups of people. Four cases here about what's going together. What we're seeing here. Why is these four cases here? There are four cases of people who needed Jesus. Here's Jairus. Jesus, I need you. The woman with the issue of blood. I just need to touch Jesus. The blind men. Jesus! Jesus! And then a guy who couldn't even speak for himself. These people brought him in. Because he had a need. That need was Jesus. That need was Jesus. <laughs> it's interesting to think about them. And all of them had to get to Jesus some way, somehow. You know, each of them approached Jesus in a different way. Think about this. You had Jairus. Jairus was vocal, but he wasn't unseemly. He went, as Jesus got off the boat, he got down on his knees and begged Jesus Jesus, I need you. I need you. And so he was direct with Jesus. 
Here's the woman with the issue of blood. I don't want to say anything to Jesus. I want, don't want anyone to know. I'm not trying to get his attention. I just want to touch him. And so she was willing to go unnoticed. But she had a need of Jesus. They approached Jesus a different way. So Jairus, who was direct with Jesus. You had the woman who didn't want to say anything. Just needed to get to Jesus. Then you had the, de- the blind man. Jesus! Jesus! And they were making a noise, annoying everyone, following Jesus wherever they went. Jesus! Jesus! And then you have the guy who had to be helped to Jesus. Here are four people that had the same need. They needed Jesus. And they approached him in different ways. But the thing was the same. They had to get to Jesus. They had to get to Jesus. You understand that we live in a world where people need to get to Jesus. And some people are having different ways. There are some people who need to get to Jesus and they're so quiet. And they don't want to say anything but they just have that need. You have some people that are direct saying I need something to change in my life. Then you got some people, I need something to change. I need, I need something. Then you have others who have a need to get to Jesus, but they had to have others bring him. All four of these cases are true. This is why God has strung them together because he wants us to compare them and see how they relate together. But the need was the same. They needed to get to Jesus. So we see the cases involved. But let's also look, if you don't mind, to the condition of these people. The condition of the people. Think about Jairus. Jairus, he was a ruler of the synagogue. He was rich, but he was helpless. He had a 12-year-old girl he loved so much. He wanted to get her to Jesus. Wanted Jesus to get to her. He had a need. It was something beyond him. He couldn't do anything for that girl. And she is moments from dying. Remember we spoke about that in length in the last two sessions. He could do nothing for it. She was moments away from death. He was desperate. I want you to think about the woman with the issue of blood. The way that she was hemorrhaging that according to what people have studied for, that her husband left her. Because this idea of the uh, issue of blood, uh, most people saw that as a consequence for sin. And this woman refused to get right. So her husband left her. She spent all of her money. She spends all of her day in a house by herself. So lonely. So lonely. And that was her condition. Here's these two blind men who are now outcast by society. They can't help society. They're freeloaders. And that's their condition is that they're rejected by everyone because of their condition. Then you have the man who was possessed by a demon. He had the appearance of maturity, but he couldn't speak. And so... He was there, but unable to communicate, unable to get across what he wanted and what he thought. He was stuck. These conditions of these people. 
Oh, but there's a great God who could work. There's a great God who can work. Notice this, if you don't mind this last thing, the consequences. The consequences. Oh, what a wonderful God. Think about Jarius. Jarius is, they were announced that your daughter is dead. He brought Jarius and his wife and James, John and Peter together. And remember when he said, the little maid sleepeth? That they laughed him to scorn. They mocked him. And remember we explained that hurting people hurt people. When you're looking at a dead girl and someone says, she's not dead. What do you mean she's not dead? Look at her. She is obviously dead. Quite dead. Dead, dead. You can't get deader than that, dead, dead. Can you not understand dead? And so they're grieving and they're laughing at Jesus, mocking him because of their grief. And one moment they have great grief. And one moment they're at the bottom of a broken heart. And the next moment, it's great joy because Jesus came in. And now they have great joy. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood. That Jesus said something special. He talked to her and he called her daughter. He says, I've adopted you. You're now part of my family. You are now always part of my family. Notice again in verse 22. Uh, talking about this. And G but Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. He says, I just adopted you. You're part of my family now. So you have the Jairus' family that was in intense grief. And God turned it to joy. Here's this lady of great loneliness. She's been abandoned by everything and everyone. No hope. No thing of getting fixed. And now she's part of the family. Think about these blind men. He touched their eyes. And the first time they saw, you know what they saw? The face of Jesus. Their eyes were seen and finally they could see and they look at Jesus they can now see. Isn't that great consequences? They were blind, but now they can see. And then here's that demon-possessed man. Jesus encountered him. And now this man can speak. Could you imagine what he, he spoke about when Jesus made him whole? No wonder that it talks about these blind men. That as soon as they could see, or as soon as they were healed... They spread across his fame in all that country. You know what? We have a miracle working God who's done something for us. What has he did for us? He made us whole. You know what we, our condition was? We deserved to go to hell. We were lost and we could not approach a God. We all had the same need. We needed Jesus. He was our only hope. We were doomed. We were broken. We had spiritual sickness. Oh, then Jesus came to me. I met Jesus and a miracle happened that day. I passed from death to life. Whereas I was blind, I can now see. 
Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He did a miracle in my life. And that's what I needed. I didn't need a God who patted me on the head and said, good boy. I didn't need a God who just sympathized with me and said, that's pretty bad. I didn't need a God who looked at me and said, you're going to get through it. I needed a God who could do a miracle. And he did. Remember the greatest evidence that the Bible is true. The greatest evidence that the Christian life is true is the evidence of a changed life. God did something to me. And if he did change your life, if he did do something to you, if you're now born again, if you're now going to heaven, we need to tell others that there's a miracle working God who could change their life. There are people that need to hear this message. How are they going to hear about Jesus if no one goes out and tells them? There's so many people who need answers and they don't know where to go. Think of that woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years she was looking for an answer. Twelve years. And the answer was always the same. She needed Jesus. These blind men who had been blind all of their life. You know what they needed? They needed Jesus. These people had the same need. The same need that everybody had. You know what you needed? You needed Jesus. And people need to hear about this message. People need to hear that there's a miracle working God. People need to hear that there's a God who could change their life completely. And the answer is always Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. May God help us to spread abroad his fame. Telling others of his power to save. They need Jesus. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.